besties where we talk about books and occasionally their film adaptations. We are your co-hosts Seher and Taya. Today we will be discussing Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. This is the sixth episode in our dystopian season. Disclaimer. Spoilers. Yay. This book is about a guy named Guy Montag, and he's a firefighter in this dystopian time. Basically, if you're a firefighter, you burn books for a living. Instead of putting out fires, they actually set them. And so it's just kind of his journey into he meets some people, he kind of gets a new scope of his life and figures out his own perspective on why books are banned. I like this book a lot. No, I didn't. I lied. Sorry. (laughs) I did enjoy reading this book. I will say it's been a minute since I've read it. It was an interesting book to read and the premise, and this is one of those classics that you kind of should read. Not should. I mean, it's a book. I didn't particularly like some things about it were confusing. It was interesting for like a minute. Good characters, I guess. What about you, Sarah? For this book, I listened (laughs) to the audiobook for it because I couldn't get my hands on a real copy. Yeah, like a real copy. So like I basically just binged the audiobook for Fahrenheit 451 in like two days and it was also my first time listening to an audiobook. So if I'm going to be honest, it was difficult to get through. It was kind of confusing at times and it didn't help at all that I like kept on spacing out while listening to the audiobook. (laughs) But the premise is interesting and it touches on concepts of censorship. Yeah, how different society is. I will say even if you weren't listening to audiobook it was kind of hard to get through reading this i read it for a project but then again that i was Mm -hmm. like 12 when i read this so i've gained a little bit of a different perspective on reading books that are more difficult yeah i remember being like oh my god this is kind of hard to get through a lot of the stuff about his writing a lot of the way that he writes is kind of unclear and i feel like that would not translate well to audiobooks just in general but i'm listening to pride and prejudice on an audiobook but i also have the copy here and i kind of can tell the difference if i'm just listening to it and i don't see the words i really can't absorb it as well we're trying to be more organized by the way because our last episode the crank palace was not at all i'm hoping it works so we will see. So that was our book review. I feel like the plot is kind of interesting. I know we talk a lot about it. Basically like a rundown of events, like not really a summary, but a rundown of events. It starts out in the beginning where his wife overdoses on like sleeping medications and his wife Mildred, she's not a very good character. Not in like a bad developed way, but more in like not a very good character is I would not want to be around her if she was a real person. And so basically he's out here trying to be like a good husband or whatever, like oh no. And so then later on he meets this teenager Clarice and so then they walk home together after his like work or whatever and she kind of tells him about his interests and he's like that's cool you're rad not like a creepy way but he's just he kind of forms this friendship with her and then as soon as he's like expecting to see her again like as soon as he wants to walk home with her more because he's kind of standoffish in the beginning she goes missing which you're like that's no bueno because also Clarice knows a lot she's really questioning the society that they're in and she's very curious about things that people don't usually think about and then she just goes missing so that's really sus if I'm honest, okay, we all know Clarice died eventually. If I'm honest, she didn't really change Montag that much. I mean, much. I'd say that Clarice is kind of the person that made Montag like start questioning and he kind of did the rest on his own. 
emphasis on start because that happened very early in the book. I remember reading it and then like Clarice going missing and me being like, wait, what? I was like, okay. I feel like that did start his character development, but it really, it didn't affect it that much. It kind of like put a seed in his head. I mean, if he were to never meet Clarice, then the rest of the book wouldn't really happen. He wouldn't really be questioning mm -hmm. why people have books or not since he'd just be doing his job like normal and no one's really questioning it around him either yeah also another thing is like when he steals the book from an old woman at one point they go to this house oh the one in the fire oh no yeah they, at one point they go to this woman's house and she's like you are not taking my books and they're like um yes i am because she's old and so then she burns herself with her books and so montag takes a book before anyone notices but i was like what a statement it's kind of a shocking factor even in like a book to think that someone is so willing to keep their books that they would die for them i mean she wasn't keeping her books either way she just like went with them though true is it just me but like every time i hear the name clarice i only think of hannibal lecter in silence of the lambs i don't know who that is so i don't know <laughs> you don't get the movie references no. it's okay i'm just thinking of the 1991 mm -hmm. one i don't think there's another but i was like every time i hear clarice i just can i can hear him saying it like that it's a good movie we should watch it sometime so also Beatty is like a firefighter He's the boss like his boss i think of montag he becomes in the firefighters yeah, and like his work. And so he becomes really sus. He's he's really sus in the beginning. He kind of said something to Montag about him taking a book when he did, and so he gets kind of freaked out. Then Mildred finds out, which, oh my god. Mildred freaks out, okay, and she's like, this is not okay. Later on, she reports him, and then he goes to work, right? And then he's talking with Beatty, and Beatty's like, yeah, I used to be an avid reader. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but how can someone who was an avid reader become a firefighter? destroying them which you later learn apparently he like wanted to die which doesn't make any sense but given it the benefit of the doubt here but yeah and then so then they like go to his house right oh yeah and then they go to his house and they burn it down yeah yeah so they just burn everything down and he is on the run and then oh yeah he also kills Beatty. yeah well he burns Beatty on fire he like sets him on fire because he's baiting him it's no bueno and like i can't believe mildred yeah, I mean, from, like, Mildred's character, she... Exposed him, but then again, are we surprised? Not really. I mean, she's absorbed in the media that they consume and this, like, simplistic life where she follows this routine daily. It's kind of robotic to a point, but that's, like, how society has kind of molded her. The moments that she sees that, oh, Guy Montag has a book, which is something that society does not accept and is something that is against the law, of course. So then she just reports him because she's, like, kind of so programmed to the society and so loyal to it that, like, she doesn't question anything or try to look at different perspectives of anything. Yeah, I also don't like how she's almost victimized, like she becomes a victim in like that how many times she tries to kill herself and so then Montag mm -hmm. feels responsible for trying to like take care of her even though their marriage is hanging on by a thread. And so she's quite an annoying character if I'm honest. For character, I feel like in the beginning, Guy Montag, he just kind of like goes with the flow. He just goes along with anything and then he kind of later on learns to form his own Yeah, his character and... developed a lot throughout the book. He went from first books <laughs> to stealing books and being on the run <laughs> from the government literally the exact opposite he became the sole embodiment of what he was trying to destroy in the beginning of the book i mean he had character development it's not anything like special, <laughs> special. 
I mean, no offense, but it's not any like out of the blue character development. He just like did a full 360 and went the other way. 180, sorry. <laughs> he did a full 180 and went the other 360 way. 360 just goes back to burning books. <laughs> It's called Fahrenheit 451 Part 2, the sequel. Just like in general, there's some marital issues between Montag and then Mildred. There's not that many characters. There are really the main focus is on Guy Montag. Mm -hmm. When I read this, I did it for like a school project and basically I kind of focused on like censorship and in this like dystopian book and I was like, whoa, look at me. But basically censorship is kind of the only theme. I mean, not the only theme, but it's the most important thing. And so I feel like the whole book is based around censorship which yes that ties into literally everything all the different kinds of layers in this book however it's trying to make a point about censorship which it kind of has its good okay never mind you don't you can talk today um, okay okay well for censorship well it's a very prevalent theme throughout the book as we can see literally montag's job at the start of the book was literally just censoring these books yeah burning books yeah basically do you have anything else to say about this book this book was kind of like straightforward if i'm honest I mean, yeah it was like straightforward and confusing oh no <laughs> it was straightforward and confusing. I guess we can go on to what would you do. Okay, we have to do it. What, what would, would you, you do? do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, if you were Guy Montag, would you have stolen a book from the fire? I mean, I'm a book reader. We make podcasts about books. Yes, of course I would have stolen one. First of all, I wouldn't even even become a firefighter if I'm honest. But I mean, you never had like, I mean, in this world, you've never had access book or anything. Probably. I mean, I'm a pretty curious person. But then again, I'm also like, I don't know. I don't really have the balls to do that. So we would see. I kind of feel like I'd be, I mean, I don't think I'd really think twice about books. I'd just be like, eh, okay, a bunch of words. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't know how to read. How do people know how to read? I wonder that because- Wait, are pe is everyone- Illiterate. People are illiterate. Yeah. It says so in the books, but then I'm also confused because so much of our society revolves around reading, at least like simple words. If you can read like a stop sign or terms and conditions to your weird vacuum that you bought over the weekend, those are kind of important things, you know? So I don't really understand. Is everything pictures? Also, like, let's say a lot of it has to do with watching shows and movies, but like, how are they writing that script? exactly <laughs> they're not just drawing or pictures there's so much that i feel like just isn't really addressed that i kind of want to know about this yeah, society. yeah and then also like how mildred like her job is literally acting too so i mean she's reading scripts and stuff fine so and so is guy montag like as soon as he like hands on a book he's able to read it exactly and so what would you do if you were clarice would you because she is bold okay she just like walks up Dang. to this firefighter like middle-aged old white dude Dang. and is like I, okay no i would not do that <laughs> i'm not just okay i'm a pretty shy person i'm not just gonna walk up to some random middle-aged old man and like start talking about his job and giving him my life yeah. and stuff yeah that's weird bro so i mean what would you do <laughs> Probably not. Also, because, like, you're just walking home with this guy from work who originally... I don't think Montag is, like, chill with her. He's like, why are you talking to me? Like, at just first, he's just, away. like, confused, but he's, like, he doesn't tell her to, like, go away or anything. No. He he's just like, her, okay, but... you can just keep on talking and I'll listen. Exactly. I mean, in, like, the general dystopian... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
like dystopian season, Fahrenheit 451 is kind of different compared to a lot of the books we review because, for example, like Maze Runner was quite mm, modern. It's a YA book that was recently written. It was written in like modern times. So then also like there's one other book that's like not that recent, but for the majority of them, they do take place in like right around now or in the future. But this book was taking place the 1990s or anywhere like above that. And because it was written in like 1953, right? So there's a lot of things that don't really add up because like telephones and the televisions that are like so thick, you can hide books in them. So I feel like if anyone complains about that, right? Think about when it was made. Don't expect things to be accurate. It It was like the dystopian for that time. Exactly. So also at the same time, this probably was like super popular when it came out. I'm I'm guessing because it's still popular now. So I always kind of like try and think about these books on like almost a different timeline if society really did go in that direction instead of wait, but that's technically in the past. Like try not to think about that too much. But yeah, I was I was actually reading the reviews for this and it like surprisingly got a lot of low reviews. Were actually not surprising because there were some points. A lot of people were like it's too wordy, which like to each their own about like, their writer's writing style. I try not to judge that too harshly because I'm still haven't read that many books, so I'd like to expose myself to different kinds of writing styles and authors. But yeah, a lot of people were confused or bored, but there's like a lot of information that's just kind of thrown at you with no context. I feel like that is kind of valid. A lot of people struggle grasping it, which is possible because we both kind of had some issues with that. No hate though, because I mean, it is kind of like a challenging book to understand. Like out of all the books, okay, I can understand Pride and Prejudice more than I can understand this book sometimes in like most contexts. And it may just be like a number of factors, but yeah, just like, throw that out there it's kind of I mean I guess if you're some like old person who can understand everything and anything they read go for it like kudos to you but if you're like especially if you're a young reader this would probably be more difficult to understand not just in like the writing style but just like how everything is put together okay because I was listening to the audiobook and I was like kind of spacing out not getting the whole like so basically because of that the like ending like threw me off I'm like wait a minute where did this like mute come from stuff because I wasn't really like paying attention that much but then the like literally the whole city got new and then Guy Montag is yeah. like off with these other dudes memorizing books yeah I'm sorry but did he just like start a war no no, no. or did a the, war just like start coincidentally no, the war was already happening there's this like nuclear war oh. going on but then this like society and government they were kind of putting it on the low and stuff because they didn't want people like worrying about it and just living their simplistic and they're just, sad like, throwing stuff at them having them just like consume like bs that doesn't actually matter and then no one like because earlier in the book montag like tried to bring this up with his wife i think and like when he was when she was with like her friends or something and to like engage in a political conversation but then they didn't she's like no (laughs) yeah she was like no we don't need to i mean yeah pretty much yeah he ends up moving to the country but it's kind of weird how ray bradbury just decided to oh okay we need an ending for this hmm let's just nuke the place why not? Yeah. Just like nuke the city, which like I don't know exactly how the 1950s were, the early 1950s, but like maybe there was a threat of nuclear war. I yeah, because were... of the um, because of the like I forgot what it's called. Stop. <laughs> but wasn't that? I don't know. I don't know my nuclear history. That's like the Cold War. Oh my Cold. god. Okay, I'm googling this. Cold War. Gosh. The Cold War was, oh yeah, okay, it was between, it was between 1947 and 1991. Yeah, so that was basically kind of... 
inspiration. Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I guess the ending just, like, threw me off with, like... It felt kind of weird. Like, the ending just... Guy Montag just running away with all the also how do you how do all these guys memorize oh yeah exactly books? also another thing is they just leave the city in this rubble and disaster which okay one thing about movies or books is where they just the ending is just them leaving and just letting all the other disaster and waste to leave with these like people that are still there well there are no people but the people that have to come back and take care of it because this also like destroyed the ecosystem kind of like maze runner yeah maze runner like how the city just got destroyed and headquarters too and then they just run away and live happily ever after like bro okay do you remember watching the impossible the tsunami movie where they just like these like rich like british people went to um where was it they went to thailand and there was a tsunami it had like um yeah tom holland in it and we were just totally flabbergasted about the ending they just went on this private jet with their health insurance they got to leave not a private jet that was a jet from the british government because they have like the stuff for like citizens that are stuck in other countries when there's disasters happening so then they can just pick them up and leave exactly but it just ended with them getting to leave and leaving all these locals with this devastation everywhere i know okay that's like one thing this is the one one thing weird thing with like disaster movies like with tsunamis or like storms or something it's like for some reason it's like these white families going to like different countries or something and then like hanging out there then oh no a natural disaster happened and there's like no infrastructure to help them like they're not even thinking about super well-developed countries usually they go to some other places so then they go to these places something happens they don't have enough resources they have to struggle and they're like god i've never had to struggle for anything in my life and then they're just like oh my country picked me up yay going back to my life like obviously it's traumatic but they don't even think about like the locals that still still live here and try and like survive after this but yeah pretty much um yeah no they're screwed we get very off topic about movies and stuff that we've watched if you haven't noticed so just like the main thing about this book that just kind of bothered me not bothered me enough just like the underlying premise or the underlying thing that the author was trying to tell you it felt like was that technology is bad and books are good because it kind of like you know the reverse whatever of happening in the book and it just kind of felt like obviously this was the 50s so they're like no no phones like we live in like technology central over here your zoom and stuff but it's just like during this time i feel like a lot was changing technology wise so it could have been kind of trying to address that at least but then again like I don't agree with that because of the way that we grew up you know we don't know what it's like before the internet so yeah it just kind of was like really I mean to each their own this was obviously written in a completely different time but I just it felt like that was kind of what they were also trying to tell you that these books are like so good that they they had to be burned because no no one can have this this knowledge oh no and like technology can't teach you anything these people are like stupid and it just was like mm, I don't know about that but I mean for that it was like okay so let's say for this book specifically because I didn't like get a lot of it I had to watch like some summary like an analysis videos on it and like there's like people saying it's kind of ironic because these are kind of just like watered down versions of the book which is kind of the whole like premise that for why they're like trying to read books and I don't know what I'm saying 
basically yeah there was no like, i completely agree with you because like media like waters down stuff to make it simple for people to understand so they're not exactly i guess growing as much as they could in a way is what they're like kind of hinting at or being as knowledgeable because it's like the media is just trying to make people comfortable by watering things down and making it simple to process yeah i also feel like they just kind of didn't really they barely like touched on censorship in media like they did because obviously you know a city got bombed but just the main thing is about books and like i understand there are like educational books there are non-fiction books there are fiction books but it was just kind of like all books as like a baseline which you know some books can teach you a lot more than others so there's just all that like different variety so obviously you may find like a dr seuss book that you're not supposed to have but then you also may have like this encyclopedia for some rare artifact or something so there's just like so much variety that wasn't addressed yeah that's also confusing because like burning down all books like burning all books it's not like all books are equally like i guess in the society dangerous or knowledgeable or little miss muffet is just so dangerous guys we have to burn her like useful or anything right (laughs) like what if there's a cooking book why you gotta burn that down too <laughs> like what is the cooking book gonna do to society that's so bad exactly like i mean there are some like books <laughs> that are like banned in u.s prisons like the 48 laws of power or whatever that book is not allowed because basically it's all manipulation which there's a ton of drama about that book but there's just like there are certain books that have a lot more power that you can learn from them and of course it applies differently to everybody some people may learn nothing from a book some people may learn everything so it just felt very like selective also the fact that as I mentioned, they didn't really, like, they touched on media, but media is, like, a super important part. Like, there's still newspapers going out. Like, we have technology, and people still buy newspapers because it's such an important way of getting your news. They didn't, I mean, how would you get that if you didn't have your, like, daily mail? I kind of also feel like, though, like, if they're gonna get rid of only some books, then people are gonna start getting curious about all books or something, you know? And the society just kind of wants dummies that listen to them. I don't know if that means anything, but yeah. That's pretty rad. I'm pretty sure we're done talking about this book. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Bookish Besties. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. Feel free to follow our social medias to stay connected at the bookish besties underscore at Instagram at bookish besties on tiktok make sure to leave a review for our podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify make sure to look forward to our next episode on the program coming out next wednesday have fun toodles bye have a nice day